the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bruised While Blessing. Now that's the title of our series as we continue our survey of 2 Corinthians. Join us. Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard is up next. From right here in Hercules, Valley Bible Church. Hi there. Welcome to the program. Today, Pastor Phil Howard will return us to the book of 2 Corinthians. Today, we're going to focus on chapter 3, verses 7 through 18, and the gospel of grace, which is greater than the law. What is the dynamic and the difference between grace and law? Glad you asked. We'll try and answer those questions and much more over the course of our next two programs. So let's get started, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Turn, if you were, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, maybe the core of the book, the key to um, the ministry of Paul. They're saying, I'm a new covenant uh, minister. I'm a new covenant uh, apostle. And so we, too, are new covenant people, new covenant ministers. What is new covenant Jeremiah 31 said, there's coming a day when God is going to inscribe his law on the tablets of the heart. He's going to take away the heart of stone, and the Holy Spirit is going to come in and do a work that never was done under the law. And so here, Paul is being dogged by those who say, we ought to go under the old covenant uh, are you telling these Gentiles to be circumcised? Are you telling them to have kosher dietary regulations? Are you telling them how to keep the Sabbath? And they say, I don't do any of that. And they're saying, you're a false apostle, and you got a false gospel. And he now, he's going to tell us, this is what I'm about, and this is the reason why. I'm a part of the new And I want to tell you why I'm a part of the new and why the old no longer is around. And we're going to show you seven different contrasts, contrasts, comparisons between old and new to see what new covenant, which we are new covenant people, should be all about. Let's pick up at verse 6. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. By the way, God has never made one covenant with the Gentile world except the blessings of the new covenant. He never made us any. He said Israel got all the covenants. Palestinian, Davidic, uh, going back to Genesis, the Abrahamic. uh, But he said the Gentiles live without any promises from God. No covenants whatsoever. Only in Christ do we get to the table. Only in Christ. Do you ever study your ancestry? And just roll it back. Where were your people 2,000 years ago? 
Where are we? And what were they bowing to? Man, 2,000 years ago in Ireland, my mother's people is from Ireland. The Howards are from England. My grandmother was German. So Northern Europe. And all my people 2,000 years ago were pagans. They were even cannibalistic in the English Isles, according to Winston Churchill. They worshiped everything. They worshiped rocks. They worshiped stones. And then let's go 2,000 years ago in Africa. What was your ancestors worshiping? What was your ancestors 2,000 years ago? And here he's coming, this man, going to the Gentile world, our world. And he says to these Judaizers that wanted him to go under the law and to bring the Gentiles under the law, he said, I've been made competent as a minister of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the very same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Seven comparisons, and why Paul says, don't put me as an old covenant minister. I'm not. I've been made competent. I've been made fit to bring to you Gentiles the new covenant blessings of God. Number one, We are having a ministry of the Spirit and not of the letter. And it's debated by some if he means inner spirit, the human spirit that's regenerated, or if he means just the Holy Spirit. Well, either way, if it's our human spirit that he's changed us in the inner man, like he told Nicodemus, you need to be born again of water and of spirit. He's talking about human spirit, not the Holy Spirit. Something internal needs to happen in you, Nicodemus. It's not external. It's not just letters that you can write on a stone, but something in the inner 
being. And who does this but the Holy Spirit? We're regenerated by the Holy Spirit, Titus 3. And so he says, we minister about more than just letters written in stones. We're writing about something that God does in the heart. I already told you, Corinthians, God wrote on your hearts our message. And God wrote you in our heart. He's really saying the new covenant moves inside a human being. It's not just letters from the outside. It's not just stone tablets. But it's something God does in the human spirit by the Holy Spirit. So he says, we minister about things of the Spirit, not just written documents or documents written in the stones. Uh, if you ever read J- Jonathan Edwards, if you ever read John Owens, the 16th century chaplain to Oliver Cromwell, if you ever read uh, Luther, uh, you would see, they were saying, you can know a ton of things externally. You can have religion all the way to your fingernails. You can have all this external ceremonialism. You can have all the rules in the world. But until it gets in your heart, until a heart change comes about, it's all vanity and wasted. And that's where you hear Paul say, I pray for you Ephesians. That God would give you the spirit of revelation in the inner man so you could understand the things of God. You're already saved, but you're still ignorant about what you have in Christ. Now, just think of people who said, when we kill God's son, we want to be sure not to do it on the Sabbath because that would be breaking the rules. When you kill God, you've got to be biblical. They were bound to the letter, bound to the letter. Paul said, I have a spirit that touches the human spirit and that is energized by the Holy Spirit. I'm not bound by the letters you say I have to have, nor the letter that Moses wrote. I'm governed by the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm a new covenant minister. He goes on to say that the old covenant brought uh, death, but the new covenant brings life. Look at verse 6. That the letter, what does it do? The letter, but the Spirit gives life. That old covenant, you know, it's an interesting thing if you thought about it. The first time the law was introduced to the children of Israel, do you know what happened? 3,000 people were killed. The first time Peter preached the new covenant, 3,000 were saved. Not too bad. I read the letter, 3,000 corpses. I preach the gospel in Acts 2. 3,000 get saved, get baptized, and make up the beginning of the church. The first miracle Moses did under the law was to turn the waters of the Nile into blood, representing death. The first miracle of the new covenant wonder-working Messiah was to turn water into wine. Life. The last miracle that happened getting out of Egypt was the eldest son in every home died that did not have the blood. The last thing Jesus did before he died, his last public miracle in John 11 was he raised a dead man called Lazarus. You see, the new covenant brings life. The old kills people. The law brings death. The law brings death. 
And, you, and Paul says, you're trying to get me to go back under law. You want me to get these people under the law? I'm about a new covenant that brings life. Brings life. Brings the Spirit. You know, I love, uh, we were talking today, uh, Chad and Charlotte, we were talking about grace. When you, when you come home under grace, you don't get a stoning. You get the fattened calf killed. You get a brand new ring and you get a robe because we throw parties when sinners come home. Under the law, we kill them. Under grace, we welcome them. Not too bad. Hey, you've been doing all the sinning. What do you deserve? Get the best calf. And our best calf was the best lamb. He's already been slain for sinners. Jesus is a friend of sinners. He will carry you through. Under the law, Moses had to take off his shoes because he's nothing but a servant. But as soon as a prodigal comes home, they put shoes on him because he's a son. We're sons. We're not slaves. Why? I'm a minister of a new covenant. He says that the law brought condemnation. The new covenant brought righteousness. Look at verse 9. He said, if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, the law, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? Think of that. Coming into town. And when I give you my message, uh, how, tell me what kind of message would you like to be? Would you like to be the mailman on an army barracks in World War II and you go and you give it to a young bride or you go to a home to a mother and the United States Army would like to say your son died in honor on the soil of Germany or in Italy or in Japan. Or, but here is a letter from the government. He fought nobly, but he died. Would you like to be the one that delivers the sweepstake letter and say, you just became a millionaire? You need to get figured out what kind of message God's entrusted to us. It's not a death message. It's a message that brings life. It's a message that brings how you can be righteous. All of you need to buy Martin Luther by Eric McTaxis. You need to read it. You need to read it. Uh, read one piece of serious literature in next year. The life story of Martin Luther. And uh, Carolyn's sick of me talking about it because I'm trying to get her converted. And uh, uh, here, when you see this man uh, that was, uh, had become a lawyer, was on his way, and his father wanted to be a lawyer, and God's working on him, and uh, he gets in a lightning storm, and he promises St. Anne, I'll become an Augustinian monk. He becomes a monk, and as a monk, no man was more devout in keeping vows, celibacy, fasting, praying. He had stomach disorders the rest of his life just from the abuse he gave to himself in the monastery. But he was shocked as a pastor that oversaw 11 different churches, and he headed the theology school in Wittenberg. And as a pastor, he had to deal with these kind of questions. Tetzel just sold these poor, stupid Germans. The Germans were considered uh, boors, ignorant, the backwoods of the European. They were despised by the Italians. The Italians ran the papacy. And these guys are only good for taxation and indulgences, and they send Tetzel up there to sell them. Now, this is amazing. Indulgences work this way. 
You know you're going to party a lot at Mardi Gras or on New Year's Eve, and we know you're going to be immoral and sin. If you'll pay the church a, a good donation, we can be sure that sin will not be held against you. That's indulgence. So you paid ahead of time for the sin you're going to commit. But because they needed money for St. Peter's Basilica, they came up with something brilliant. A great marketing scheme. They rolled it back and said, why don't we work it out where we can start doing something for the dead? And they went to these Slavic people, the German people, up there in Wittenberg, and they would do this to a poor German farmer. You give us a thousand bucks and we'll knock off a hundred years of purgatory for your mother. Now, you wouldn't dare withhold your money for your mother, would you? We'll knock off time if you'll make a donation. If you don't, you must be a cursed son that would not help your mother. They gave their money. They bled them. They bled them. They bled them. But now watch. Here's the pastor. They come and see Pastor Martin. Martin, I just gave $1,000 to get a righteous forgiveness of my mother's sins in purgatory. But you know what? They never would specify how long this is good for. Could you tell me how long? How much time does $1,000 buy off? And Martin... He's facing this man and his wife who just gave out $1,000 of farmer money, hardworking, plowing money, slopping hogs, cleaning out barnyard kind of money. The, the, the basic, the no big bucks, not lawyer fees, but work. And Luther says, I can't tell you how much time this bought. There's no place in all the Bible that talks about getting time off for the dead. Who is doing this? So October 31st, 1517, 1517, 500 years ago, he nailed on the Wittenberg Church 95 theses and said, the Pope nor councils cannot forgive anyone and take off time in purgatory. It's insane. You can only be right with God by faith and not by making a donation. Now, I mean, you, you, you kind of, we can laugh at that. Hey, he had to be kidnapped. He had to hide in a castle. And all of history was turned around in Germany in 1517. And a reformation started that says, Our gospel says you can be right with God solely by trusting his son. I want to tell you, every cult is opposed to that truth. And the old law was opposed to it as law. But people were saved by grace under law. But the law could not save. The law condemned you. The law made you wrong. The law says you can't keep it. Romans 3.20 You're guilty by the law. The law was to bring you to Christ. And Paul said, I am presenting the gospel. I've got a message that will not damn, but it would tell the man the only way he can be right with God is through Jesus Christ. This is my message. This is my gospel. I'm an apostle of this message. Now I'm going to ask you people, do you represent that message? 
The biggest issue facing an unsaved man or woman is, how could I ever be right with God? Is it penance? Is it donations? Uh, I was just with some cult members and uh, talking about one of their children being baptized so many times for the dead. And I wanted to ask, what does this have to do with Galatians 1, that if we or an angel from heaven come and bring to you any other gospel than what I've delivered to you, let them be anathema. I don't need to be baptized for the dead. I don't need to buy anything. I don't need indulgences. I need Christ. He makes you right with God. But imagine the dark ages we lived in. And so many of you growing up in a system of works and works. It was not Christ alone. It was not grace alone. It was not faith alone. It was Christ plus works. It's faith plus works. You got to work your... I will not work my soul to save for that my Lord hath done, but I will work like any slave out of love for God's dear Son. I will not work my soul to save for that my Lord hath done, but I'll work like any slave out of love for God's dear Son. I'm not working to get in. I'm working because I'm in. I am in. I'm not working to get righteous. I'm working because I am righteous. I'm not working to be a son. I'm acting like a son. That's a world of difference. If you've got to earn being a son, you'll never know in this life. But all that believe in him become sons of God immediately. See, what's the amazing thing that bothered everybody is how in the world can God make a sinner right? He said in Romans, he justified us while we were wicked. That's what the NIV says. Uh, the old translation said, while we were ungodly. Wait, wait, no, Lord, I got right when I got baptized. No, you didn't. The thief got right when he said, I'll see you in paradise. You're the son, aren't you? You must be Messiah. I'm a murderer, but I believe you're the one. He said, I'll see you in paradise. And then the, a song goes this way. When he got in paradise, they asked him, how in the world did someone like you get here? He said, well, the one that told me I'd be here said, tell him you came by way of the cross. How are you going to get in heaven? It's sure not going to get on your behavior because you're a big sinner, every one of you. You are a sinner. And I don't care if you've robbed a bank or not. And I don't care if you told a lie. We are sinners until we land. And if you don't know that about you, you're a deceived person. John said it in 1 John 1, 8. We say we have no sin. We are deceiving ourselves. Do you ever just get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I'm a big sinner. You ought to do that a few times. But I'm right with God. Could you say that at the same time? I am a big sinner. But I'm right with God. That is the gospel. How can it take you where you are and make you right? Some of you were this, but the gospel made you right. Some of you were this, but the gospel made you this. This is what message. Paul said, I don't preach a message that condemns and brings death. It brings righteousness with God. Oh, I wish we believed it. I wish we weren't so frozen at the mouth about it. How else can a man know how to be right with God? But in our gospel. The new covenant. I must get under control here. (laughs) Verse 11. He said, 
I'm not a part of that which is transitory. I'm a part of that which is permanent. The law is passing. It, was, it had a, um, a life. According to Galatians, it was the guardian to bring you to Christ. But once you meet Christ, you don't need the guardian. That's the argument of Galatians 3, 26 to 4, 7. Uh, we're, not under, we're now under uh, the Spirit's control that makes us cry, Abba, Father. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855 833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855- 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.